everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Clock In, Vibe Out. Today, we're going to dive into some music. Today, I'm joined by singer-songwriter, musician, artist. If you don't know him yet, you will soon. Today, I'm joined by Jacobs Blue, formerly known to me as Jacob Madur. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you for having me. That's sick intro. I love it. I'm super stoked to have you on the show. I know Jacob from high school, way back right. in the old days. Right, right. OGs. OGs. We met when we were like 14. And I literally haven't talked to Jacob in six years, but I have been following his music career. So I figured who Hell better yeah. to have on the show than you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm really honored to be here. I'm grateful that we've kept in touch as, you know, whether it's loosely or like really close. Um, I'm really happy that we've kept this relationship together you know me too and i'm so excited to finally get to actually talk to you because i have been following your career and you really have grown a lot as a musician misery is one of your older songs and i used to have that on my apple music and whenever i would just shuffle my music sometimes it would come on and i was like oh jacob wow deep cuts <laughs> but yeah your new project is super super sick and i'm really excited to dive into it you also have always been super smart, so I definitely want to pick your brain a little bit about some stuff on the back end too, because as you know, that can be a little bit confusing for up-and-coming musicians, newcomers who don't really have much experience. So we're going to kind of give them a little guide today. Wow, I love I love all that, and thank you so much for your kind words. That means a lot. Um, <laughs> of course, yeah, of course. Thank you. Okay, so how did you first get started in music? Because I remember one time... Jacob and I were in the same English class in like ninth yeah. grade. Really, yeah. really, really throwback. <laughs> <laughs> this cracks me up. I love the podcast. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So in ninth grade, we had this English assignment. We all had to write a personal statement or a poem. I'm not exactly sure what it was. It was like interpretive. You could kind of like do whatever you wanted, really. <laughs> I don't know if it was interpretive. I think you took it as that. But <laughs> I like me my own, own rules. <laughs> You really did. Everyone else came in with like one paragraph, double space. Nobody did the most at all. Yeah. I remember Jacob. It's like 7.30 in the morning. Keep in mind, it's high school days. 7.30 in the morning. And Jacob strolls into class with this guitar. And we're all like, whoa, okay. And he starts playing this song that he wrote. And it was some beautiful metaphor. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, damn, I'm not getting an A, huh? <laughs> Yeah, man. I was, it was, I think it was about like, um, no child left behind that act. I like was super passionate about the fact that that was, a, <laughs> that was a stupid act and I hated it. So I like wrote a whole song about it. Oh my it. God. No, the spring. <laughs> I'm so weak. I'm so, <laughs> so dumb looking back, but I, I think, I think it's so funny that we have that memory together. It's, it's a good you time. Springboard. Take that. How you yeah, no, that yeah. One? Fuck you. <laughs> Oh my like, god. Like impassionate at 14 about <laughs> springboard education. Like, come on, dude. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, okay, okay. But anyways, yes, that's my backstory about how I have always viewed you with music. But when did that's you funny. actually get started in music? I kind of left your life and you didn't hear from me. And then all of a sudden I'm like putting out music and stuff, right? So I guess I started really young in music. I was always playing guitar, as you know, and piano. I grew up playing both of those, kind of taught myself everything. I didn't really have any official lessons or anything, but I had an uncle that was a guitarist, so I'd bounce ideas off of him. And my stepfather played guitar, and my dad played piano sometimes. And 
I have an, another uncle that does music professionally. Like he's a um, mixing engineer and record oh, producer. I always loved music. Always loved listening to music. Always was the kid that remembered every single word of every Little Wayne song and you know, <laughs> every like you know like just all the music. I was so into it. Finally, like around sixteen or seventeen, I decided that I don't want to be a professional baseball player and I actually want to be a musician. And so I just started trying from there. And so it's been like six years or something. And I've been just going at it. I love the quick change from Babe Ruth to lead guitarist. Right. <laughs> I love how you jumped from one extreme to the other. I like knew very early on, like what I wanted to do with my life from a macro perspective, but never really figured out specifically what I wanted to do until music kind of led me there. It's always been my dream. It still is my dream to like leave the world as good as I can. That's kind of like how I view it. And so I'm just trying to affect as many people as I possibly can positively before I die. And, you know, initially I thought, oh, I'll just use like my baseball talents, but they didn't, they didn't reach so, as far. So yeah, <laughs> I, I hate when that happens. I, I pivoted to music. I was listening to your podcast about how your um, Olympic track dreams fell apart. Oh, but, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I relate. I relate. I get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad that you said that, though, because I think that sometimes it's hard to explain to people who don't already have this perspective. But I think that a lot of people just view music as a hobby or just not that big of a deal. Like you just put it on when you're driving, whatever. No biggie. But I kind of relate to music the same way that you do, because I think that music is so powerful. And every single time that somebody asks me why I want to work in music, I think that it's more than the feeling that it gives you. I think that it's the impact that it can have because I was the same way. I used to want to be president of the United States and be an activist and do all this stuff. And I still want to be an activist. The jury's still out on the president thing, but I have always wanted to work in music. (laughs) We're waiting. We'll get back to you. Um, Yo, vote for me in 20, I think it's 2036, but whatever. That's a whole different conversation. You don't know that specifically or something. That's That sounded like you didn't know exactly what year it's supposed to be. <laughs> no, who, me? I don't know. No, but I think that music is so powerful and I, right. you're, you are military, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So when I was little and I would have to move around, bro, how do you bond with people when you're like 10, 11, 12, like over your Tamagotchis and what else? Okay, music. You're talking about some song that you listen to that you all like or some show that you watch that you all like. And so I feel like it's really, really powerful. And once you understand the impact that music and media and entertainment can have and the bonds that it can create between people, it really takes it to a whole other level. And I think that it unlocks a different perspective and it gives you something else to chase because you are chasing that leave the world better. I like, I like that a lot. I don't, I didn't really have that perspective. I wasn't really necessarily like, you know, using music to bond with people um, as a military kid, but I think that's really pretty. And I, um, I, I just love, I love that aspect. I love uh, the impact, especially that you're talking about. Um, and I really love that it's kind of a language that we all speak, whether we really understand it or not. Very fundamentally, vibration is part of our universe. And, you know, music speaks to all of us on levels that we really don't even understand at the end of the day, no matter what written language you speak. So it's it's really can be powerful and, and has such great reach. That was so yeah. philosophical. <laughs> Dude, I, I need to be careful. I'll go quick, like down and I love it. quick. I love it. <laughs> we got good content coming at you all. Hell yeah. <laughs> Get the clips ready. Yeah, but my Uncle David, he really like... Um, fostered the music in me from a young age. I remember at like seven, I got to make the most 
atrocious record with him because he had like a home <laughs> recording set up and he was like yeah just go at it man and i would i was just like on some shit bro i was like the world's collide <laughs> i was like what am i talking about you're making like the Yu-Gi-Oh soundtrack no yeah. dead ass dude in like daft punk infused Yu-Gi-Oh soundtrack i was like uh no it will never see the light of day for a good reason that's amazing uh, i like played it for my friends when i got home and they're like uh bro. <laughs> i do have a request when you blow up you need to drop that that would be I don't even golden. know what it is. We bro. need to drop it on Spotify, Apple Music, but also vinyls. I want records of this. Hell yeah. <laughs> Do you think that you would have been as musical as you are if you didn't have musicians in your family? Oh, man. Okay. I don't want to go too philosophical again, but yeah, we're just like all a product of our environments. So yeah, definitely they played a huge factor. The fact that there was like a baby grand piano in my living room growing up meant a lot for me to be able to play piano. Like I wouldn't have had quote unquote natural like gifts with music if I hadn't been exposed to all those things. Yeah. I think, I think that that had the most tremendous impact on me. Um, and I'm super thankful because I love music now and I'm just like, su- feel super fulfilled in life. So yeah. <laughs> I also had a little piano in my house growing up. I can play Doa Deer with the chords. So I oh, am wow. basically in the sound of music. Oh, <laughs> not to flex, not to flex, but just saying, if you ever need a pianist for any of your records, hit me up. <laughs> okay, I want to talk about your new album because, like I've said four, five, six times at this point, I actually think it's so sick. You. Your new album is called Born in the Sunset Thoughts to Oasis. Yeah. But before we fully dive into the album, how did you land on Jacob's Blue? Mm, you're the only person that's asked me this yet. I actually, was, I really want to know. So I wanted it to kind of be left up for interpretation, honestly. I was sitting there like calling myself Jacob for the longest time with all caps thinking that that was like impactful. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was like, I got to do something about this. So I, I was like, you know, what, what can I be for people that begs a question? Like what kind of character can I create in somebody's mind? You know, why should they buy into what I'm selling? And so like, I, I really thought on it for a long time. What it came down to was really simple. I uh, often like can picture colors when I'm making my music and it often is blue. And so when people are listening to my music, they're listening to my variation or rendition of blue. So it's a possessive S. Oh, very interesting. Yeah. And so like they're listening to Jacob's blue. Oh, oh, like your version. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I get it. Like your version of blue. And then like simultaneously... Jacob is blue, like Jacob is sad, or Jacob is mellow or melancholy or whatever. And that is, you know, that's also a flavor in my music, because I just, I started making music cathartically. Like, that's the whole reason I got into music was just to feel better. Um, and, yeah. and it's been like a great, um, I don't know, ventilation process. Therapy. Like, yeah, exactly. Like I get, I, I feel like almost no ill emotions ever. And it's because I can like immediately get them out as soon as I feel them um, in like an expressive form. Yeah, I don't know. But that's it. Yeah. Thanks for asking me. <laughs> that's a cool answer. Um, well, those are also some really strong and expressive vocab words. So I will be sending this clip to Miss Wood as soon as we Okay. 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 I just love that woman. Okay. Okay. Back to the album. So Born in the Sunset. Thoughts to Oasis. Yes, First of all, how did you land on that name for the album? And then also, can you give us like a little brief overview about the album? So Born in the Sunset Thoughts to Oasis is a story 
about the cyclical nature of life, love, and ultimately one's own pursuit of happiness and uses the sunset as like a metaphor and motif to deliver the messages of cyclicalness. <laughs> so like, so like the fact that the sun sets and rises, right? Like that's like a cycle on its own. I feel like personally, philosophically, like, I don't know if any relationship, at least at this point in my life, like, I don't know if any relationship supposed to last forever. And so naturally I'm acknowledging like the beginning and end of a relationship as well. And so um, I really am inspired by nature. I'm really inspired by like the sunset specifically in natural gradients and putting all those things together. I came up with this story and many things like happened in a way that like I couldn't even control and, you know, just kind of organically came together and in a way that kind of made me look smarter than I am. And so <laughs> like, like as much as it seems calculated too, like a lot of it was just supernatural. Um, but how I landed on the name was that, I was just I was just telling my own story and it felt like at the time when I started writing this which is over 2 years ago now it felt that like I was coming cyclically in and out of relationships and that like you know it was through the pain and suffering and you know all the bad stuff in relationships and good stuff in relationships that I was finding like my own definitions for happiness so so why there's a colon there is it separates the two ideas is born in the sunset, like the, the pain, sorrow, promise, um, you know, greatness that's born in the sunset, all the, all the baggage I live with, right. Good and bad. Um, through that, I find my thoughts to oasis or like my inklings of happiness, like how I can build happiness for myself in my own life. That's really cool. And I think that all of the emotions and everything, you can tell that you thought about it and like the execution was done super, super well. But I felt like when I listened to it, it also did feel very natural. Like none of it felt forced. You know, when you listen to music, you, you can kind of tell. Yeah. You can kind of tell. Thank you. Thank you. And but I think you did a really good job with that. Thank you so much. Yeah. Authenticity like means the most. I don't feel right saying any word that's not explicitly true. Like right, it didn't right. like happen. That is a little fraudulent. Right, right, right. Okay, so like you said, you spent about two years working on it. So what was the process like of creating it? Because I saw too that you made like, how many songs did you make? Like hundreds? Is that what I saw? <laughs> oh, yeah. I posted that last night. <laughs> yeah, you're quick. Yeah, right? I, was, I was looking at that. I was like, oh my God, we're going to talk about that. Yeah, so um, that was actually just like my whole discography before I made something I was proud of. Um, that was that was kind of the point in saying like, the, Born in the Sunset is the first music I've ever been proud of. And um, it's, it's like something that feels authentic to me, is like my own sound. And all of these things take forever as an artist to discover yourself, at least for me. They took me, they took me like, as you saw, hundreds of songs to get right. And um, I think that that's really important. Um, just like get reps in and like, uh, the things that I valued were the people with their own sounds and creating their own story and, and things like that. And you don't get to like that level of artistry without practice. And that's all it really is, is just practice, practice, practice. But um, two years, a lot of it had to do with COVID and I had to leave New York and I had to leave my setup behind. And I thought I was going to be gone for two weeks. And I ended up like my lease expired, oh, yeah. like mm -hmm. everything. Like, so I had to buy a I whole, know all about that. It, was, it was miserable. So I had to buy a whole new setup. I mean, first world problems, like let's not, let's not be, yeah, yeah. yeah come on. True. We're all right. But, um, you know, when you're trying to drop an album man, it sucked. Um, not ideal. Yes. Sure. Completely like fucked up my feng shui. Like I, I was, <laughs> I was like trying to, um, 
I went from like having my own space, like having a room of my own to like recording out of a fucking closet in Florida because yeah. I live in a fucking huge, like not huge house, but I live in a house with a huge family. And so I have like, I don't even have a room at my home in Florida with my family because I'm an adult and they don't expect me to come back. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> right, dude, I know, I know. Trust me, I know. So like, you know, that and then like, I'm not even sure I can say like motherfucker around my family and like feel comfortable. Exactly. Dude, exactly. I know. I'll be on FaceTime sometimes and I have to whisper and I'm like, oh my God, yeah. I'm too old for this. Yeah, like I'm the oldest of eight kids. Like it was just, you know, at times it was awkward to try and right. record my authentic story around you know even the people closest yeah exactly so so um but but nonetheless like i i had i had like 80 percent of the album complete in like three weeks which is the most annoying part as like i spent i spent two years finishing 20 percent um and it was like and i had 27 songs got down to 20 got down to 14 got down to 10 and then finally only seven made the final cut that is quite a journey i have to say I want to talk a little bit more about how you kept your album as authentic as you did. So like I said, I did a little bit of a deep dive. So your website, also super sick. I highly recommend you all check that out if you have not. But you had a list of rules that you wrote for yourself that you followed during the production of your album. They are tell your truth, make it beautiful. You can always go deeper. Nervous means the right direction and make something you're proud of. Why did you write these rules and how did you come up with them for yourself? Wow, you really did a good job right now. <laughs> Thank you. you Thank you. Good, good questions. <laughs> um, I just felt like that w- those were the rules I needed the framework I needed to give myself to make the best album I possibly could at the time I'm doing. And like a lot of those rules will probably like transcend into my next album and stuff like that. And like, well, I, I have the added like complexity of like trying to one up this album just for like my own comp- like competitiveness. Yeah. We got to keep the egos up there. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was just really important to me to like tell my truth and go in a direction that was, nerve-wracking for me because i felt like that that that's unexplored musical territory and that means i'm crafting my own sound which at the end of the day i i I really genuinely believe that authenticity is the greatest tool of an artist and that if the more the more we can be authentic to ourselves the more we can have our own niche we don't we don't exist to sound like other people we don't exist to you know ride the wave of the crowd right like we have to be ourselves as artists so that people can like, we're like beacons for people to follow. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I think that that makes a lot of sense too, because when you're creating music or art in general, you're con- trying to connect with people. Like you're telling a story that hopefully exactly. other people will also relate to and have also gone through. So it doesn't really make sense to lie or fabricate or make things up or right. tell somebody else's truth if you're trying to create community for yourself and create a community for your art and your stories why would you tell them about somebody else's truth right and like even a layer beyond that is like if you're a producer too like you're trying to produce the music that you're writing to is like your music has to sound like what you're feeling as well like you know a lot of the times like i found that i found that so difficult actually that I just stopped taking beats from people. And that's why the whole album is produced by me. It's because like, I just couldn't like identify with the emotions they're feeling and then try and make them mine. Yeah. It's like, it's complex. (laughs) 
I think that that's a really interesting point, actually, that I don't know that anybody that I've talked to has actually pointed it out. But I think that sometimes the actual production of the beats, I think that people forget that that also tells a story and that that is also filled with emotion and that that is not just a canvas for a lyricist to come on and write a different story over. I think that vulnerability is something that as humans just naturally makes us all nervous. But when you are creating your music, do you ever feel nervous more so for like your close friends or family to hear your music than for strangers? Because I know mm-hmm. for me, not that I'm making music right now, but even like this podcast, when I was about to drop this, I was more nervous for like my close friends and family to hear it than for strangers. I don't care if a stranger hears my podcast. I want them to hear the podcast. Right. But the people that are super close to me and around me constantly, I was bugging. I'm not going to lie. Right. Yeah. No, I I, th- I love that you're putting yourself out there and like experiencing that. This, you know, I've been doing this for a long time as much as I've, I've done a lot of practice basically behind closed doors, like, you know, not marketing my music at all, like trying to like practice behind the closed door for this reason. Um, but in doing that, I've experienced this emotion like um, much later or much, much like long ago, like when I was first starting this is what I'm trying to say. Um, so like it's it's not so fresh to me that this emotion you're talking about, but I, I I totally understand what what makes me like I don't know just careful in my writing process is always who I'm writing about and like just trying to make the story about me and not them and not yeah. like you know like I don't want somebody to hear this and feel bad ever like right, you know, right. I experience pain I experience love I experience this but like and my music is for me at the end of the day. And so I shouldn't like, like in the past, I've definitely like said some skating bars that I should not have said, <laughs> you know, like, like yeah. I just need to like keep some shit to myself, you know, at the end of the day or like, it, but, hey, it's authentic. <laughs> it is definitely authentic. <laughs> I have never had that experience, but I definitely can see how like, that would be like a really awkward text to get from somebody like, Hey, um, verse three is that about me like when you no, said for oh, real bro oh my god <laughs> you're like oh my god no i'm so sorry that was my other life yeah but not <laughs> it was definitely about you sis <laughs> do you have any tips or tricks or things that you have kind of found that help you get deeper in your writing and when you are feeling those nervous feelings how have you found ways to push through that i find peace in doing it myself and writing the story about myself and making sure like I ask myself the question, like, is this about me or is this, am I starting to get personal about somebody else? And as soon as it starts to feel personal about somebody else is when I immediately, you know, rephrase or try and go back to the drawing board. Um, and you know, that's tough when you're talking about topics that, especially in relationships, when you're talking about relationships and like, you don't want to throw somebody genuinely that you love under the bus. Like, and if you really love them, like, you need to be prioritizing the way they feel even after you've been been with them, you know? So it's, it's definitely tough, but just make it about you and, and keep practicing. That's it. You heard it here first. <laughs> that's some solid advice. And I hope that some other people will take that into consideration because I think that that's, it's an interesting way to put it. And I've never really heard somebody talk about it like that, but I think that you definitely can talk about feelings or emotions that somebody else caused, but tell it about yourself. Cause you're talking yeah. about yourself, and your emotions, not what those people did to you in order to make you feel that way. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it, at the end of the day, it's about you, right? Like 
then make it about you. Don't make it about them. It's not their fault that they hurt you. Like everybody's a like, passing ship in the wind, you know? Like, hey, it might always... be. And if it is, then you just hit them with the sorry deck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Stacey. Verse three was about you. What about it? <laughs> okay, so we're gonna we're gonna pivot before we hurt somebody's feelings. Thank okay. you. Thank you for that. It sounds like you're able to kind of pull creativity pretty easily from things all over. But when you do get into creative ruts, do you have any specific tools that you use to kind of get yourself out of them? Um, you know what? And this is going to make me sound like crazy. And I honestly don't recommend it as, as advice. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> but um, do lots of drugs. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> No. Um, okay. Wh- well, we have an episode title. <laughs> no. What? No. The answer is is um, I do no drugs. By the way, that, that was my public. <laughs> that was um, a joke. <laughs> um, but what I wanted to say is like I give myself space. So like when I feel like I'm in a creative rut, I don't force things. I actually start like doing other shit. Like I'll start painting, or I will start. Um, I don't know, spending more time in nature. But I can't force music all the time. I've I've grown to learn. And so um, I just try and keep doing. Uh, there's a quote from Einstein. It's like, um, work is 99% perspiration and 1% inspiration. His point is, is that like, you have to be working all the time for like the right ideas to strike. And so like the majority of your time is spent doing boring ass shit and not making fire. And then 1% of the time, you get a banger and you're like, damn, I'm hot. Like, that's that's it. it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I knew that having you on would be a great idea. And now that you've dropped an Einstein quote, I know that I was right. <laughs> <laughs> I know I was right. No, but I think that that's a really important lesson. And it's something that I've been learning a little bit more now that I have been working more so with my creative side. Sometimes you do just need to stop. Yeah. And I've definitely tried to force it. And it's miserable. It's not good. It's not fun. And then it kind of takes away the magic of being creative. Exactly. Like, like the, my worst fear is for like what I love to not be fun anymore. So I, I, I even take drastic measures to make sure that it always is fun. We've talked a little bit about the creative aspect of things, but I think that there is a whole other behind the scenes aspect that goes into music and marketing and all of the nitty gritty business aspect of things. How did you find your team for this project? And if you have people that you work with consistently, how did you find each other? Uh, I have a little bit of a story you probably don't know, but it's a big reason for like why I know anybody <laughs> in music. So if you say that you're Hannah Montana, I'm going to be so mad. <laughs> yes, you got me <laughs> again. <laughs> you beat me to the fuck line once again right now. <laughs> Um, much like the Einstein quote, like I, I think that you create luck by working. Like you create your own luck by showing up all the time and like, you know, go, getting after it. When I first got to New York City for school, I really wanted to work in a recording studio so that I could learn the technical side of music and be better technically. I was like, I got all this creativity, but how do I actually like sound good? Like not like shit. And so I was like, well, I should go like work study. I should go like learn under people that know how to sound good. And so I applied to like 200 something places and just was like in everybody's DM and and, like everywhere doing that and doing that. I wound up uh, getting an opportunity to work at Jungle City Studios, which is a studio in Manhattan that is, in my opinion, probably one of the best like in the United States. 
it's Alicia Keys' home studio. So oh, I no way. Yeah. So I end up like working in one of the best studios and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's a finesse. Um, yeah. Right. So then I, I trained there for a year and built relationships. If you think of somebody, they were there. And so I was like constantly exposed to like a lot of great people, constantly exposed to like even the people that work there and mainly the people who work there actually have become some of my dearest friends and like some of my greatest music collaborators. And so like mixing, mastering, all of these things have come from relationships I've made there. Shout out to Matic Estevez out of Vibe AM Studios in Brooklyn and Nick Porcel in uh, Sacramento, Million Dollar Snare. I can name like 20 and I did like on the website, like you saw me name a million people, but they were all like part of this process and helped me do my thing. So where I started was just not knowing shit and just trying to learn and just trying to put myself out there, create luck for myself. And so that's the takeaway. I think to anybody that's like young and trying to get into this, go out and put yourself out there. You know, you do enough of that and you're going to attract the right people around you as you get better that are going to like help lift you up and help you create great shit. And then other than that, I just have like a bunch of great friends that are just, you know, love me and support me and they mean the world to me. And those people have all been a part of the music in one way or another, whether they make music or not. I just have so much support. I'm so blessed. I'm very thankful. That's awesome. That did kind of sound like a Grammy acceptance speech, but I love it. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I love it. I I love my people. That is so cool. Yeah, I did not know that at all. Yeah, it's like, it's not something like I talk about, but um, I figured like, I don't know. Why? That's so dope. That is so (laughs) cool. I actually had no idea. Thank you. But that's, yeah, that's how I, that's how like that, that, you know, working there one year, like brought me like five years along my musical journey, like personally, and yeah. just like being around people that make great music, seeing like legends in the studio and like how they treat music, how they like, you know, start with 200 songs for an album and like get to 12 and that kind of shit. Like the work ethic is crazy at the most, like the highest level. And at the same time, it bridges the gap where you're like, you see that shit and you're like, oh wait, that's just a person. Like, oh, wait, I can do this too. Like, I really can do this. And so I'm just going to, you know, keep pushing. That's a really cool experience that you had. I think that a lot of times we are so awestruck by the people that we look up to. But at the end of the day, everybody is just a person. Like, we all breathe air. But I think that sometimes it definitely is hard to remind yourself of that, you know, because if I was to meet my favorite artist, I would drop dead like I don't think that I would be able to live I would pass out there's no way right and like being exposed to so much of it you get like really desensitized but like like you started working in music right and so I'm sure you've you've started to like meet some celebrities and some like dope music people the first person that I met was Randy Jackson it was so weird it was so weird (laughs) um yeah that's funny but like yeah you you kind of like you kind of meet people and then you meet another one you meet another one you're like oh shit they're just like that's like my friend from high school yeah yeah exactly yeah so um i just to me it was a big message that like you can do this too jake like keep going buddy i love that well hopefully one day i'll run into you after you're headlining the music festival that i'm producing hell yeah as long (laughs) as it's south by southwest we're we're in business okay We're going to work on manifesting that. Amen. And we love press. I just want to start out by saying that. We love the press. We love the media. We (laughs) need it as creatives to prosper and be successful. And Mm -hmm. you have gotten some press on this project. So congratulations. Thank you. As for press, do you ever reach out to press or has all of your press just been organic? 
okay, this is a lesson you have to learn as a musician is that nothing's organic. <laughs> Nothing, <laughs> not, not a single thing. You have to bust your ass and, and get yourself out there. I, I literally sent like 200 cold emails since the album dropped. And I've, I've had multiple opportunities just out of cold emailing people. You know, rejection sucks, yeah, but like you're gonna get told no way more times than you're gonna like somebody's even gonna answer you. So yeah, I I just reached out to people and that's how all the press happened. I just asked What would what's a sample email? Oh my god. I was like, um Hey, my name is Jake. <laughs> and- <laughs> I've been feeling a bit blue. I no. just wrote this album. No, I just I think I said something like I spent the last year and a half working on this album about the sunset that I'm really proud of, and I'd be honored if you take the chance to listen and let me know what you think. Thanks, Jake. I love that for you. We got to hustle, man. I wish I could do that 24 hours a day because, and I wish I could like hire somebody to do that 24 hours a day because, again, goes back to that principle I was saying, bro. Just create your own luck. Get get your ass out mm-hmm. there. Work your ass off, mm-hmm. bro. It's hard though. And honestly, I feel like I feel like sometimes people who are not in the creative community just think that we sit on our phones or on YouTube all day Ah. and do nothing (laughs) and somehow like live. But that's not the case. It's hard and you have to hustle so much. And the cold calls and the cold emails and the cold LinkedIn DMs. It's I know, about, I know about Sometimes. that canceling that premium LinkedIn membership. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's tough. That's not <laughs> but like Jacob said, you get shot down a hundred times, but the hundred and first time, maybe you won't get shot down, but you're not going to know if you don't send that hundred and first DM. Yeah, so to just your, do it. To your point, man, I feel like freaking creatives have to work. Like their work ethic actually has to be way higher than most people. Like yeah. to, to even make it a little bit. It's, it's tough. It's tough out here in these streets, bro. It's crazy. We're really just out here trying to connect people through music and love, okay? Wow. Look at that. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> you have made it pretty much to the end. I only have a couple more questions for you. And we actually just gave ourselves a fantastic segue into this question, which happens to be one of my favorites. So working as a creative and working in creative spaces, we sometimes find ourselves in peculiar situations that other career paths might not put us in. So do you have any embarrassing stories from your time working in music that you want to share with us? <laughs> I don't know, man. Like I, I, I even like knew this was coming and still couldn't think of anything. <laughs> I'm just not oh, embarrassing. God. That's all. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, so like I've walked into the control room like when a really big artist has been in there and like not known that I wasn't supposed to be in there like it was one of my first days as like a um intern at the studio like I, oh. I walked in and they were like what are you doing in here and, and like it was super awkward and I'm like I'm like never again okay I got it thank you um sorry about that god <laughs> like, <laughs> like, dude no it is just those little moments though and like it might not seem like that big of a deal, but at the time that it happens, it's like heart stopping. It's like yeah. you, there's no way to get out of the situation that you just walked into. Very true. Like literally. Yeah. Other than out the console or out the control <laughs> yeah. door and like they watch, watch you be awkward. Like, Slowly God, walk away. He's going to be gone in a week. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. We've already gone over a lot, but is there anything that we haven't covered or any final advice that you want to give to people who are looking to get started in music? Don't be afraid. Put yourself out there. The worst thing that's going to happen is people hate it. And that's actually good because you're learning how to be better. 
Um, I think also put your stuff out there publicly more. Get feedback from people. Like get the booze, get the eight people at your concert. Like get people telling you it sucks because you're gonna keep getting better. Don't be discouraged. Use it as a learning opportunity. And if you can see every failure as a learning opportunity, like you never lose. If you can put in enough work long enough, you'll be as successful as you can imagine. So don't give up. Keep going and create luck for yourself by getting yourself out there. That's it. Yes, those were fantastic last words to leave us with. <laughs> thank okay, you. Okay, well, thank you, Jacob, so much for coming on the show. It was so good to talk to you again. But before you go, would you like to tell the people where to find you? Yeah, you can find me. Um, you can find my website, jacobs.blue, like jacobs.blue. You can check everything out there, like all my socials are on there, etc. Um, but mainly it's just like jacobs underscore blue everywhere. But we're trying to get on Twitch soon, so that'll be fun too. We're, oh, we're, we're trying yes. to figure it out, man. We're trying to figure it out. Yes. You guys <laughs> have to be on the lookout for that one. But yeah, find everything HTTPS colon double slash Jacobs dot blue. That's it. Make sure that you're also following Clock and Vibe Out on Instagram and Retweet. Twitter. Retweet. And every Wednesday of March, make sure that you're coming back to check out the stories. We're doing a little Music March Madness bracket. If you want to play, be there on Wednesdays to vote on the Clock and Vibe Out stories for your favorite albums to move on to the next week. Thank you so much for listening, and I will be back next week with another episode. Mm-hmm.